Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. Kabana. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Welcome back. T- Welcome back. T- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to this is the final week of guest host month. We started with Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell talking about Solid the Mandela choices. effect. Mm-hmm. Then myself and Vanessa Gritton talked about the death of Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Me and John Fahey ran through the siege at Ruby Ridge. And now me and my co-host on the Misfortune podcast, Danger Van Gorder. Hi, everybody. If you're listening to this on Spotify, which I know you are, because goddamn do a lot of people on Spotify listen to this podcast. It's a great platform. Hey, maybe go check out Misfortune, a financial crimes podcast, also available on Spotify or any of the other fine Unpops Network shows available on Spotify. But particularly Misfortune. Yes. It's very strong. This last thing we did about Eddie Tipton is pretty great. And if you're listening anywhere else, we love you too, baby. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. This is a free episode, so it's going out to the entire world. Danger, how are you? Tell the people who might have no fucking idea who you are. (laughs) A little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm 32 years old. Uh, I am the I'm the host least ASL. likely. Yeah, the host least likely to be on this show because I believe in the fundamental goodness of all people, and uh, including the United States government. Well, that's an entity and not people. See, um, that's that's what because I get the sense that you're a little more on the skeptic side when it comes to conspiracy stuff. Just some conspiracies, but certainly. To me, just kind of a blind trust in the U.S. government is well, well, yeah, a little whoa, whoa, more whoa. insane. Yeah, stop the clock. No one's saying blind trust. I mean, we're supposed to openly question these things all the time and say, like, hey, uh, maybe we all need to, to, to... But are you the type that until someone holds up a piece of paper with government stamped on top that says this happened, you strike me as the type who's like, no, that probably didn't happen. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. But why? Like, what is it about the U.S. government that would make you always give them the benefit? Oh, of I the misunderstood doubt? you. No, I, I, no, I, I've read too much history uh, and listened to too many quality podcasts to take a lot of things at face value when they're like, eh, it was a gas leak. Well, maybe they were testing something they shouldn't have. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of silly things that have happened. Uh, in history, like an atomic bomb being dropped on the east coast of the United States um, by the U.S. military accidentally, uh-huh. um, that you don't really hear about all that often because that's the kind of thing that we don't we don't always end up looking good, or rather the the America that you and I love, yeah, uh, wholeheartedly, um, uh, my country tis of thee. Uh, we don't always end up looking super great uh, on, on that uh, on those replays. Um, so sometimes like, there's some stuff they don't want to remember. The war in into. Iraq is a really interesting oh, thing yeah. to me because that, at its core, is a conspiracy. Like right. we went to war based on faulty information, and we lied about that information after we knew it was faulty. Well, and I think enough of the American public accepted a lie. You know, it's always like, we lied. Well, we didn't lie. We just accept, or right, a lot of people said that, like, well, Donald whole... Rumsfeld said it was fine, so but, it was fine. But there's still a whole half of the country that would be like, no, they said weapons of mass destruction, and that's why we went. Right, even though there was so, no weapons of mass destruction, right. and there was no yellow So cake. what's the difference between someone who objected to how the Iraq war was carried out and a conspiracy theorist. Uh, because if we... Every right. every argument would apply, because one thing you always hear from people who sh- immediately shoot down conspiracy theories is, oh, well, so many people would have to lie. Yeah, I, I guess it's just that there, there are degrees of outlandishness. Because when I hear conspiracy theory, that's like, uh, you know, I, I, did a, I, I did research on crop circles back in the back. And it's like, crop circles are a prank. Pr- 
crop, crop right. circles are a really elaborate prank that people use using that people create using a plank of wood and some rope and a little bit and a decent understanding of geometry. And they're like someone that I would say call a conspiracy theorist would be like, no, 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 aliens put those there, bro. Aliens put those there, and that's proof that those are like hidden messages. And Night Shyamalan signs, watch it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I've done like I've looked into it. It's seriously just kids who like geometry. But see, then you have to put yourself in the shoes of a person who has researched a conspiracy theory. Like my favorite JFK conspiracy theory is that he was accidentally killed by the Secret Service when they were responding to Lee Harvey Oswald's shooting. And the guy who came up with that theory, one is a ballistics expert. Two, he's the only person when CBS did their recreation of the JFK shooting, he's the only person who successfully got all three shots off. And after he did it, he was like, no one could have actually done this under those circumstances. He was like, I'm lucky that I was. And they had like 15 different people try to get these shots off. And only one guy did. And that guy was so convinced that it couldn't have happened that way. He spent the next 15 years researching ballistics evidence and all of this shit from the JFK assassination and came to this conclusion that the bullet that killed him was fired by a Secret Service agent who stood up because he heard Lee Harvey Oswald shooting and started to look around to see who he needed to shoot and the car he was in accelerated. He fell back, accidentally fired the shot. Now that conspiracy theory, one, it validates... Everyone else who thinks it wasn't a conspiracy, because in that case, yes, Lee Harvey Oswald was technically the only shooter. And then the question of, oh, but they could cover it up this long. The Secret Service, they got secret in their name. <laughs> they can cover that up for the rest of their lives, uh-huh. pal. But plus it's a, so that you don't want to be so, so bad then, at your job that a president dies. But so then the crop circles thing, you're like, well, no, I've researched it and it's a joke. Well, that guy's researched this JFK thing. Okay. But. I think it's still kind of treated as a joke. He's got very both of the J, both of the Kennedy assassinations. There is very weird evidence. Like the yeah. the I don't know if you've looked into the Bobby Kennedy assassination. Honestly, it breaks my heart so much. I don't even want to. Well, the most heartbreaking thing is every witness reports Sirhan Sirhan pointing at Bobby Kennedy, kind of from the distance. I am from you, and just firing six shots. The shot that killed Bobby Kennedy went behind his ear from close range. There were gunpowder burns on his ear. Sirhan Sirhan did not get close enough at any point to fire the shot that killed Bobby Kennedy. Yikes. And it's, I don't know. So this is another Secret Service agent who was so bad at what they were. So you're trying to tell me a good guy with a gun couldn't stop a bad guy with a gun? Well, the Secret Service agent in this case, they at the time, they didn't give Secret Service protection to presidential candidates. Uh So he was actually being escorted through the kitchen by a security guard with known extreme right leanings, which Um, not the person you want escorting Bobby Kennedy through a kitchen. Nope. But that's not what we're talking about. I just, I will say I've seen, I've seen uh, the security detail around Bernie Sanders these days, and it's six dudes who could very easily pick me up with one hand. Yeah, I figured it'd just be like Killer Mike, and it's you know what like it's. I think it's Killer Mike and and the and, <laughs> and the five other killers, Mike. You know, but so yeah, with these guest episodes, I've been trying to yeah, no, and that's fair, and reach out I mean, and see what people's I think general temperature, like with John Fahey and Vanessa Gritton, I knew going in right away they were very gung ho about what we were right. talking about, so I didn't have to ask. I think my my point or my perspective is that like these things have to be taken on a case by case basis because sometimes yeah well, like there there is some super some super suspicious things some really shady things and unfortunately just like the nature of life is that we don't get all the answers and when there's not something really satisfactory something that we can directly prove then like people want to feel special so they go on they they go off into all sorts of crazy directions right. trying to research things, trying to be trying to prove something you know there is a confirmation bias that happens with a lot of these kinds of things and you know if you were to tell me that like JFK was assassinated by accident by his own guys and RFK was assassinated by two guys that sort of like uh put their heads together or or maybe just like dude saw a moment of opportunity and was like oh fuck I'm, I might as well yeah. uh not care about my job so much that I'll shoot at Saran Saran but uh, miss and hit uh hit my boss 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's believable. You know, but it's, you know, there are some grander things out there, like, uh, there are grander things out there that, like, our, our, our lives are so complicated. Right. And we've only got so much RAM. You know, we've only got so much spoons. And, like, the, the conspiracy thing is where, you know, like, the whole... I mean, and, and there's other stuff, like, that immediately discredits the notion of a conspiracy theorist, like the birther thing. Like, something that's so easily disprovable that's like, hey, jerks, like, here you go. Or, like, the that silly shit with, like, uh, uh, there's there's a, a child porn ring run out of a pizza joint in D.C. and all those liberals that you that you hate, you know, the storm emoji. Like, right. like, that shit is bonkers, you know? Right. And that, like, that kind of stuff tends to be almost more of a misinformation fake news kind of thing like right, especially but confirmation bias you you know how you you know how you that. feel about Hillary Clinton and you feel that Hillary Clinton is a monster and you then believe that oh yeah then she probably would run this horrible yeah. child like look however you feel about Hillary Clinton like like it's some silly shit just yeah like that one's silly we talked about Ruby Ridge last week and i think that- I'm familiar what is that Ruby Ridge. I'll listen to the episode. It was a siege by the U.S. government, where they basically shot a woman in a head, in the head, uh, killed a guy's son and his dog, because the guy didn't show up to court for a warrant for selling sawed-off shotguns to an undercover agent who probably entrapped him into selling those guns. And we have history has pretty much written the people at Ruby Ridge off as these crazy right-wing extremists, which they were, but they also weren't doing anything oh they weren't bothering anybody they just refused to snitch on the Aryan nations group that lived 15 miles away from them so the fbi really fucking cracked down and the thing is that segment of society the fbi cracked down on white supremacists that's uh no they well yes but in the form of refreshing randy and vicky weaver who were doing vicky weaver was holding her baby when she got shot in the head by an FBI sniper, uh-huh. uh, the and the entire family was running back toward the cabin. They did not pose a threat to anyone. But what we brought up then was the New World Order. Like, that's a conspiracy theory that you heard a lot in the 90s from these right-wing types. And they were like, the government is fucking arming the police, the police are becoming a new military, and they're going to come get us. And we were like, <laughs> whatever. But it also happened. Like yeah, the police the militarization of the police militarization of the police did happen and it came to those people first. It just so, hasn't affected them lately. So what yeah, I mean that's I don't know what that has to do first with First they came for the right wing wing nuts and I said nothing. Well that's I mean, is it that? Like when they were saying, hey, the police are getting militarized and they're turning into a new army, and we were like, Shut up, gun nuts. And now every small town police department has a tank. Right. So I had a tank parked on my street when there was like an actual tank parked on my apartment, like where my apartment block is, uh, because there was a a, basically a big fun run. We have this Ciclavia, Ciclavia, like a bicycle deal in in downtown Glendale at one point. And there was was a goddamn tank sitting right there. Like, why do we need that? We don't need a tank here. Because of the New World Order, bruh. I preferred WWE at the time. Come on, you know I don't mean wrestling. Yeah. Get out of here. I won't. So we're talking about one of those conspiracies today that is almost impossible to come to a conclusion on. Okay. Because for one thing, we're talk well, we're talking about Fort Knox and the conspiracy as to whether there is even still gold in Fort Knox. Or if we just sold that shit mm. and we're lying to there's the a people. Lot of, there are a lot of heist movies that kind of rely on there being gold and Fort Knox. Yeah, so there must be gold there if right. the heist movies are relying on it. I love a good heist movie. You know those movies don't take place inside Fort Knox. Oh, they build like a there has not been stage. There have been very few people allowed inside Fort Knox, which we'll talk about. I wonder what's in Fort Knox. It's probably just empty rooms, mm. just pallets where gold used to be. Mm. I mm. hope it's like lead spray-painted gold. <laughs> And then you can be like, oh, no, our alchemist went backwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about some of the background on Fort Knox 
I didn't know any of this. I know very little about Fort Knox. On April 5th, 1933, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, FDR, baby, Mm -hmm. issued Executive Order 6102, quit governing through executive orders, forbidding the hoarding of gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates within the continental United States. Mm. Give it up, danger. Stop Uh, hoarding your gold. This was 33. Man, when when did the Great Depression really, really hit? That was the 20s, right? It was yeah, most okay. of the 20s, yeah. I believe. So, I mean, this was uh, an effort to to sort of shore up their existing capital so right. that they could maybe make more loans and more investment. Right? right, because at the time, the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 required 40% gold backing of banknotes issued. So by the late 20s, the Federal Reserve was close to its allowable limit. So demanding that people sell their gold to the Federal Reserve would allow it to increase the money supply during the Great Depression. Okay. So, wait, did the did the Depression start in the tw- I want to say it was like 20s? 29. Yeah, because like it was 28, 29. kind of tied to the stock market crash, right? Right. Right. So, yes. yeah, it was. It would have been late 20s that okay. it started. So, I mean, it sounds like a little bit of a, a little bit of, I mean, not socialism there, but like in the sense that like, hey, you're not allowed to have this resource anymore in gigantic amounts. You're not allowed to hoard. We'll pay you for it, but you can't main. You can't just keep it out of the public use. Right. That's it's basically the America we want to live in right now. Cool. De- I mean, depending F- on yeah, what side you're on. FDR was a pretty badass president. Yeah, <laughs> he was fine. So the executive order required everyone to deliver their gold coins, bullion, and certificates to the Federal Reserve on or before May 1st, 1933 in exchange for $20.67 per troy ounce, equivalent to $391 today. Do you know what a troy ounce is? I think it's the measurement for gold. All right. Cool. I mean, we can look it up. What is a troy ounce? Internet, point zero six eight five seven one four. I mean, it just kind of sounds like a nautical mile. Why don't we just... <sighs> it's the it's the official weight for precious metals. All right. You happy now? Sure. That's according to J.M. Bullion. Uh-huh. That guy's got a great name for being in the gold market. <laughs> That's <laughs> or amazing. Soup. Yeah. So there were a few exceptions. People were allowed to own up to $100 in gold coins and rare coins, as well as gold used for, quote, industry, profession, or art were exempt so this is just going after the hoarders, like the people pretty much with giant piles of gold. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's going after the Alex Jones types of today. The Scrooge's McDuck silver. All right, and the Gold Reserve Act of 1934 then required the Federal Reserve to transfer ownership of gold to the Treasury, and that part is going to become kind of important later. Okay, it comes up when we hear Ron Paul ranting. Uh, must we in front of the government? In exchange, the Treasury issued gold certificates to the Federal Reserve for the gold at a price of $42.22 per troy ounce, which is the statutory price of gold set by law and does not fluctuate with the market. Don't you try it, danger. Ha- uh, no fluctuations. Price of, all right, $42 per, per ounce. Statutory price. That's not really a phrase I've heard that often. I've never heard of a, of, of a price being set by law without, without relationship to a market. It's very, very interesting that they would do that. Yeah, and I think it's a defense measure of some sort to keep the price from, of gold just from completely bottoming out. So they're okay with maybe missing out on some, on some good times, but they've insured themselves in, uh, against uh, a really significant collapse. That sounds like a pretty smart way to go. Pretty good idea, all right. feds. So the government now has all this fucking gold, and they need some place to put it. Have they considered Kentucky? They did consider Kentucky. In fact, in 1935, the Treasury Department began construction on the United States Bullion Depository. Oh, nothing <laughs> bad ever happens with the depository. Completed in 1936, this fortified vault building is located within the 109,000-acre Fort Knox Army Post in Kentucky at the intersection of Bullion Boulevard and Gold Vault Road. (laughs) What a great location. (laughs) 
I bet they got there and they were like, holy shit. Do you see the names of these streets? Bro, did you do that on purpose? This is a sign. We need to set up shop here. And they did. I wonder what was at the intersection of Gold Bullion Boulevard and Vault. Road before. I think it was just like a piece of joint. Yeah, probably like a one of the better laundromats in town. Probably like a circle K. Yeah, they had like like, they had like the decent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. You know, not the first, like the second one. Probably a pawn shop. Yeah, it was pawn shop. They had. Yeah, I got some. I got a bike there once. Yeah, you know, it's fine. So it's fine. If nothing else, perfect location for this. They nailed it there. Eventually, of course, we abandoned the gold standard, which is. A big part of this conspiracy because that was that was kind of why we needed the gold because our money was backed by gold. You were supposed to be able to take money and go to the government and say, "No, give me gold instead. It's easier to carry around. It's heavy, but you can't do that anymore." Okay. So on December thirty first, nineteen seventy four, under President Gerald Ford, Ooh. private gold ownership was once again legalized. Today, the vault holds 147.3 million ounces of gold, allegedly, (laughs) divided between 13 compartments, translating to $186 billion at current value. These particular gold reserves are, as mentioned earlier, valued much lower at $42.22 an ounce, primarily to keep the balance sheet stable in case the price of gold drops dramatically. So I just said that. Yeah, well, I, I'm still having a hard time with this static price that they've set. So if they say our gold is valued at forty two dollars, like then then that's what anyone trying to buy that gold would have to pay to get some of the gold, or they're just saying like we have this value and we're going to wage or we're going to to build based off of the value of this gold. But it's it's a set price to I think to keep the value of gold from bottoming out. Okay, I'm t- I'm an artist, man. I, I deal in feelings, not in numbers. Okay. To a degree. You ever, actually, you ever have there's, to like a, there's a lot of numbers that I have to. Or? Yeah, there's a lot of numbers I live yeah. with in my life, you don't especially look at, my like, how many albums politics you sell? and my organizations. Yeah, the, the album sales. I generally with Spotify sales, I'll I'll get I'll <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but like I get a check for like forty six dollars every other month or so. Oh my god, am I gonna start getting money from Spotify for this podcast? I mean if you if you're downloaded and played in enough in enough regularity. Amaze balls. Yes, truly would be amaze balls. I've never said that word in my life until right now and I'm yes. gonna edit that out. Adam said amaze balls, everybody. Adam said amaze balls. Adam said amaze balls. Adam said amaze balls. So let's talk about the security measures at this place. They include a twenty ton blast proof door. Oh, like in The Last Jedi? Exactly like in The Last nice. Jedi. Twenty five inch thick casing. Oh wait, that gets opened. Minefields just like the ones that took out Paul McCartney's ex wife's leg. Oh wait, what? Heather Mills, she only had one leg. She only had one leg? She she lost that leg in a mine? No, she got hit by a car. Oh. But then she did all this campaigning for mines. It's like, come on. We know that's not how it happened. Oh, okay. That car have a mine on front of it? I don't know where where she was hanging out. You get hit by a car and it explodes? I'd be like, I didn't even realize I had this power. It was a Pinto. Yeah. Yeah, but like a bee. You only get that power once. Right. Yeah. It also has electric fences and helicopter gunships. One of my favorite... Obama quotes because uh, one thing I've <laughs> learned this going uh, because of helicopters. One thing I've learned in researching conspiracy theories and especially researching Trump is Obama was no peach himself. He did a lot of awful things that are still in place for Trump to use to be awful with us also. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. But Barry. one of my favorite quotes from him, I don't remember who was interviewing him, but they asked about black helicopters which is black helicopters are a big New World Order thing. They're like, they, get, they have these black helicopters, they fly them around. And this person asked Obama about black helicopters and if we have them. And he said, yes, but that's not what they're for. <laughs> Tell me what they're for, Obama. You son of a bitch. Parties? Could be. Like, I mean, it's kind of expensive. But I mean, you could basically bungee jump anywhere if you have a helicopter. Yep, maybe it's that. So they have helicopter gunships at Fort Knox. Cool. That's neat. The depository has also been used to secure other historical items at various times. During World War II, it held the original Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution until both were stolen by Nicolas Cage in the early 2000s. Mm. Remember that? Nope. National Treasure? Don't care. Steals the Declaration of Independence? Uh, Come on. To protect it, I'm sure. No. 
No, I think he's selling it on eBay. At one point, it also held millions of dollars worth of morphine and opium in case our foreign supply was cut off. I I hope that's I hope it's all opium in Fort Knox now. What do you think? They're like, like, bruh, how do you think we got the opium? (laughs) We sold the gold, man. What do you think evokes the most like wistfulness from the guards of Fort Knox when they're walking by the unused helicopter gunship and they're like, ah, man, I hope somebody. Or when they're walking by the vault with all the gold behind it, like, ah, maybe they wouldn't miss a base. Or when they're walking by the vault with all of the morphine and opium in America. (laughs) Like what? What gets those guards going? Like, oh, what, what do you think? What do you think gets them scheming the most when they're like on their break and they got the the back of like and their 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 bag and they're like, eh, what, was what opium ever legal in the United States? Like, why? What made? What brought that decision on? Opium, man. I want to. We're gonna s- need this to fund the Afghanistan war uh, someday. I want to say, well, morphine for sure. Was well, I know more? I know everything was was legal in the twenties. Like everything was legal at the turn of the century, and they're like, "Hey, you got a you got a headache there, friends? Try some cocaine. Not addictive." Well, what's crazy about that is we tried that with heroin. There was Bear actually produced heroin that was on store shelves for a while, mm. and we were like, "No, no, 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 no. That's too addictive. We can't sell this as an over the counter thing, and we can't sell it as a medicinal thing in general." And the next thing they tried was oxycodone. Hey, and had oh, the, that's right, yeah. I was they on had the same results. They were like, "No, we got to pull this off the shelves. Too addictive, not medicinal at all." And then in the '90s, we were like, <laughs> "Never mind, we can produce that in America." Great, yeah. And here we are. Yep. So let's talk about some of the Fort Knox conspiracy theorists. The first one. <laughs> His name Peter David Beater. We okay. Peter Beater. Yeah. Oh, Peter, Peter Beater. Beater. Pumpkin Eater. <laughs> yep. Pete, we cannot. We can't. Adam. I need solemn vow. Do not. Do not refer to this guy as anything but Peter Beater. Pumpkin Eater. I'll call him Peter Beater. Okay. I'm not going to do the Pumpkin Eater part. No one. No one's ever sweeter danger. than Peter Beater. Pumpkin Eater. So Peter David Beater. Oh, Peter Beater. <laughs> In 1970s, Beep. an attorney who I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but his name was Peter Beater. <laughs> made several claims that Fort Knox's vault was empty and the gold had been stolen or sold to European interests at prices vastly below market rates. Why would anyone do that, Peter Beater? Probably to make money. He why, was, would you, why would you sell something for, for a low price, man? Maybe we had a debt that needed to be paid. That <laughs> America, doesn't, America doesn't follow up on its debts. That's true. Like silly bean. So he was known for his for pushing multiple conspiracy theories, including one that Lyndon B. Johnson was involved in the Kennedy assassination. Probably. Mm. Patty Hearst was kidnapped by the CIA. I buy it. And that the Rockefellers essentially ruled the world and would be responsible for America's ruin. Three out of three ain't bad. Uh, I believe all uh, those. Okay. Why not? Sure. Peter it's, recrea- it's recreational for you, belief in conspiracy. It's, it's like fun. For other what people, it's work. You know how? Because it's like uh, then you got to then you got to do the research. Then you got to be like, all right, well then I got to spend all this brain power. Like, where do you think all of the? Do you think this these details just fall out of the sky? We research this podcast. I know, but you it, you seem to enjoy it as well. It's my it's my sorry. Yeah, no, it's just it's sorry, not, bro. Not sorry, trying to I like apologize. my job. Yeah, you do have a pretty sweet job that you built yourself. I could I could be doing worse. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about Peter Beater's Fort Knox theory. <laughs> it gained traction with the American public, leading the U.S. Mint to open the depository doors to visitors for the first uh, time. They showed this them the, the birth certificate. I, this is the kind of thing I like. I like when a conspiracy theorist is like, show me the gold. And they're like, we'll show you the gold. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, But yes, the <laughs> yeah. same thing as the, the birth certificate. They were like, show us your birth certificate. He made it a T-shirt. Obama put his birth certificate on a t-shirt. I love that. I used to have an Obama birth certificate t-shirt that I bought from the official White House merch store. Oh. Which I think runs on Cafe Press. Hmm. Okay. In case you didn't know that. Shout out to Cafe Press. Yeah. So on September 23rd, 1974, Mary Brooks, then the director of the U.S. Mint, led several members of Congress and the media on a tour of the vault. See, I like transparency like this. I like when the government is like, yeah, no, no, let's talk it out. 
That happened with the Russian apartment bombings. We did an episode about that's basically Russia's 9/11 and Putin orchestrated it to get himself oh. into office. Was that like a like the Ukrainian conflict type situation? Mm, no. Oh no, 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 that was that was more recently, like 2005. I it uh, as the name implies, it was a series of apartment bombings that basically the Russian secret service pulled off and blamed on Chechens to get Putin elected. Got it. And plausible. Yeah, it's 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 not a matter of whether it's plausible they got caught planning the fifth bomb oh like it's not okay it's not oh did they do they got literally got caught doing it but this was it happened at this weird point in russian history where the government was still being very open and transparent so there's this tv show you can find it it's from russia right after the apartment bombings where it's like five russian secret service agents and then the entire occupancy of this apartment building where they got caught planning the fifth bomb just peppering these secret service agents with questions on television it looked like an episode of who wants to be a millionaire there's fucking flashing lights like russia used to be really open and transparent about that shit until they pulled off the russian apartment bombings and got putin into office Mm. but before that they had to at least pretend that things were still on the up and up and it's a fascinating story so that's what this is. Okay. <laughs> this is the American public going, you bombed a bunch of apartment buildings, and us going, no, let us show you some gold to change your mind. And there's actually video of it. Let's watch. Whoa, that's going to be loud. For years, depository officials were pressured to open the vault for civilian inspection. This is from a history but Fort channel Knox continued to refuse to allow say. the public inside. Well, I mean, it's on bullion Finally, stars. in 1974, <laughs> for the first and probably last time, a dozen congressmen and 100 journalists were invited inside. Among them was a young senator from Kentucky called Walter Huddleston. Oh, As one who has oh, lived Walter. within just a few miles of this installation for a good many years, but who has never been inside the front gate, I can say that it is a, with a great deal of interest that those of us from the Congress have this opportunity to view the deposit here and to learn just uh, what is inside the gold vault here at Fort Knox. It was the opportunity he of a lifetime. He looks like a guy whose Illinois congressman main Philip Crane would be not who helped initiate the audit that was also there. <laughs> congressman Crane, you suggested all this. Why? Well, I did because there were rampant rumors and members of Congress were receiving a great deal of mail based on the charge uh, that significant portions of our gold reserves at Fort Knox were gone. So I had suggested to Secretary of the Treasury Simon that I thought this would be a good way, I think, to dispel Will you get inside rumors. already? The secret contents of the vault were about to be viewed by the public and recorded on film for the first time. Oh, my. Well, that was dramatic. Huddleston was on hand as the vault door was unlocked and the wheel was turned 14 times to open the latch. Write that down. Overkill. If we're ever there 14 times. It's a big thing. 20 times. I think there was a considerable amount of excitement. Is that all it takes to open the vault at Fort Knox? 14 turns? And permission, I imagine. It's not like a handshake or anything? But I, you know, recognized maybe that was a possibility. The visitors were led to a room. Makes sense. A blue sign showed exactly what was inside this one single compartment. 36,236 gold bars. 36,236 gold bars. Almost 12 billion ounces. That's a lot. At the time, it was valued at almost $500 million. We're cutting the ribbon. Why is there a ribbon? Now we have to be very careful. Opening ceremony. What they saw next Actually, we do know was astounding. Look at that. Look at that. There's one under the ceiling. I remember being somewhat in awe of seeing all the He should have got to take at least one home. <laughs> Although here I am That's in the bullshit. Look at all those fortune. gold bars. It was an interesting experience. Kind right of the property the of the American taxpayer there. And he's been weighing about, about 22 pounds. Each of the gold bricks was worth $65,000 at the market price of the time. All right. Fade it out. (laughs) So they have let people in. In 1974. They did recently, too, but we'll get to that. There's just no video of the recent trip. It's actually 
a very famous news story that you will probably recognize when we get to it. Okay. You just probably didn't know it involved Fort Knox, pal. In fact, let's get to it right now, according <laughs> to the notes. On August 21st, 2017, U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin Boo! led a delegation of Kentucky politicians, including Senate Ma- Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Boo! on a visit to Fort Knox. This trip became somewhat controversial due to Mnuchin's use of a government plane and his wife, Louise Linton, subsequently posting a photo of her stepping off the plane on Instagram. Mnuchin ended up reimbursing the government for the cost of his wife's travel. So that famous story, that picture of her stepping off the plane and being like, ha fuck you poor people. Right. Oh, that's that's also where they have that shot with like him and his wife holding that sheet of printed $100 bills. Yes. You're like, hi, this is an image of everything that you want and, and can't have because yeah. we have it and we're setting up a whole system in which you can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what that that's what that trip was about. They were going to they they got to go through Fort Knox. I'm sure for Mnuchin it was market research because as as shitty a human being as he is, he's got his name on some really great movies. Does he? Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, excellent. Yeah. Edge Lego of Lego great. Batman, excellent. So how bad can this guy be? Horrible. He's yeah. He's horrible. I've never known anyone who puts their name on a lot of great movies to be horrible. You know what? I got a few, I got a few names for you there, sure. Sugar, shirt. Sh- oh man, none of those. Yeah, none of those. Sugar. Yeah, don't don't call me sure. Sugar, <laughs> sugar. I think it was supposed to be sir, and then it just kind of fell and Turned became into sugar. sugar. Yeah. Anywho, it's this Harvey Weinstein is a real real character. Yeah. Look into him. Okay, honey. So unlike 1974, there wasn't a lot of publicity surrounding this visit. Uh, to the vault. There was no mention of whether any members of the media were invited. If they were, they're probably still in there. <laughs> Maybe that was the whole point. That's how we get rid of dissidents in this country now. We let them tour Fort Knox, and then yes, it's just them then, in there. But then you, can, then you wind up with a smelly vault. Nobody likes a smelly vault. Nope. No photos of the delegation inside the depository have been released, although that's to be expected, given that the vault's internal structure is now classified, baby. Mm-hmm. See, that's a, they could just set up like a 24-hour live streaming webcam so we can just always look at the gold if they wanted, you'd think. Yeah, they totally could. Like Big Brother, the TV show. Oh, okay. So we're going to listen to Ron Paul talk about this for a little bit, not for all six minutes as the notes threaten. But before we start, let's talk about the description of this video. This Ron Paul video? The Ron Paul video. This is the actual YouTube description of this video. The oldest metropolis on Earth was built by the Anunnaki. They came here to mine gold and send it back to their home planets. They're still doing it! That is the actual description of a video of Ron Paul talking about Fort Knox. I love this so much. Do you know who the Anunnaki are? Uh, Apparently uh, a people that are in desperate need of gold. I, I clearly remember asking you to watch all nine seasons of Ancient Aliens before we recorded this. And had you done that... I did not. You would know the Anunnaki are an ancient space race who came down to Earth well before any of us and have just been mining our resources ever since in a very exploitative way. When's that scandal going to become a hashtag? Um, Time's up, Anunnaki. Let's talk about Ron Paul. This is him. What's interesting about this is... Mr. Chairman, I tell you, uh, knowing that you... He's uh, coming in a second. There are people who argue that this video is built, uh, the government admitting that there's no gold. The Federal Reserve. That I, seems I to mean, be what the title of the video I, I uh, asserts. Where is the gold of the planet? Here today, but the, pl- the whole planet. The distrust out here by the American people is as deep and severe as I've ever seen. And it does not only Congress itself, not only the administration, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to Ron uh, Paul. Confidence is, is very low. I have a Something no one has ever said before. We'll uh, finish up. One thing is, on a follow-up on what Mr. Jones says, is, is the uh, confidence is, is very low. But when you speak of uh, independence, and I understand your terms, and uh, I, I disagree with, with the need for that, but I understand it. But what people hear when you say independence, they hear secrecy. You know, you're, you're going to keep it from us. And, uh, and, and like the point I made at the beginning, 
the SEC is to pressure companies to reveal information where the Federal Reserve does the opposite. They want, no, we can't tell anything because it might disturb the markets. That man's but nose. I do have one question. During the crisis or any time that you're aware of, uh, has the Federal Reserve or Treasury participated in any gold swaps arrangements? Like cash for gold. Uh, we don't. The Federal Reserve does not own any gold at all. We have not owned gold since 1934. Um, so we have not engaged in any gold swaps. But it appears on your balance sheet that you hold gold. Your gold what certificates appears on our balance sheet is gold certificates. When we turned in, in uh, before 1934, like we did, the Federal Reserve did own gold. Silicon Valley. We turned that over by, uh, by law to the Treasury. And it looks and like Mike McClintock in, from uh, Veep. Return for that gold certificate. If, if the Treasury He's literally explaining to, to Ron Paul how Fort Knox fund, works I would assume and has since the, the 30s. The legal authority to do it. They wouldn't be able to do it then because you have the securities for essentially all the gold? No, we have no interest in the gold that uh, is owned by the Treasury. We have simply an accounting document that is called gold certificates that represents the value uh, at a statutory rate and, and still, that we gave to the Treasury in 1930. And still measured at $42 an ounce, which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but, you know, the conventional You and Ron Paul today, finally agree, uh, danger. No, I just don't understand that, it. Uh, it's not that it doesn't make sense. really not money. We don't want it to be money. I mean, if you're for the Okay, good standard, enough, Ron Paul. Wrong. What I do love about this video is the guy behind him... Has the weirdest nose. Looks like he's just waiting for the CIA mind control suggestion so he can shoot Ron Paul in the back of the head get this over with will you please say clap so i can just shoot you <laughs> that's his trigger word clap so that was ron paul he is a very much a believer that we got rid of all the gold danger okay you shouldn't have voted for that guy i did not in the past six elections never have that's excessive man let's talk you're not going to believe this but there's also a conspiracy theory involving russia and but they're 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 paragons of transparency as we we just discussed this that yeah. they do a really good job getting people who do bad things to go in front of big panels and, and talk about it truthfully on television. Right. So this conspiracy centers more around whether the US in general still has its gold reserves, not just in Fort Knox, just whether we still have it at all. And it seems to be pushed mainly by Russia. I found at least two videos from RT.com directly addressing this okay. story rt is it's such a like you really need to know your fake news to not get fooled by them because <laughs> it's a very american looking like they use american and british anchors it's not like a dude it's not a dude named sarah guy with a thick accent who doesn't move his arm when he walks because that's what Russians do to let you know they have a gun i lost toothbrush so i brought just teeth with dostoyevsky book and Pistol. <laughs> Precisely. Mm -hmm. So RT.com is not that. But uh, they were the ones who were really pushing this along with, I think it's Sputnik. Is that the name of the other big Russian fake news okay. network? And Germany has the second largest reserve of gold after the U.S. Nice. During the Cold War, the country stored 98% of its gold abroad including at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, in order to protect it from the Soviet Union. Okay. Even today, it's not unusual for countries to store their gold abroad. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York holds reserves for over 60 countries. Because if you're a fucking developing country with a ton of gold, you probably don't have the secure facilities needed. Yeah, and you don't, you don't want to spend your limited money on a storage facility when you can send it right. somewhere and like maybe, like, hey... We'll, we'll, we'll buy you lunch. Hold this. Hang on to this for us, would you? This is from a Washington Post article. In practice, much of the world's gold is stored in vaults underneath central banks. This is highly convenient. When one government or central bank sells its gold to another, the precious metal can be rolled from one cage to the next with none of the risk that comes with transporting it across oceans. The system, of course, is built upon trust. Among the world's central bankers, that trust runs deep, and most governments are content to keep their gold wherever it is most convenient. Okay. Central bankers, are you talking about, like, basic government banks, or are you talking about, like, uh, Well, Deutsche in this Bank case, or... it's a government okay. bank. All right. Well, is it? The Treasury is government. The Federal Reserve is, like, it's a government 
institution, but it's also a private institution, if I'm not mistaken. Like the post office? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, at one point, we just turned all our money over to a fucking private company. But we were like, why are you all mad about this? But that company's not trying to... Like, it doesn't have shareholders. It doesn't have, like, people who are benefiting, like, private persons who are benefiting from this thing. It's like a private partner... Private public partnership type situation. Yeah, you keep trusting the man, bro. So in January 2013... I like my post office. They're very friendly. After pressure from nationalist politicians and conspiracy theorists like myself... Germany announced conspiracy theorist part. Hang on, let's yeah, let's let's scrub that one there. Uh, I want you to reread that sentence. Conspiracy theorist part. Yeah, reread that sentence and put your own punctuation in when you're going to be talking about. In January 2013, after pressure from nationalist politicians like Adam Todd Brown and conspiracy (laughs) theorists like Danger Van Gorder, Germany announced that it planned to relocate 300 tons of gold. Although it's probably spelled like T-O-N-N-E-S or something stupid like that. You did misread some of those things. What did I misread? Well, we are neither national politician, nationalist. No, that part was all fine. Mm -hmm. Germany announced that it planned to relocate 300 tons of gold from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and 374 tons from the Bank de France in Paris to the headquarters of its central bank, Deutsche Bundesbank. Yeah. Deutsche Bundesbank. The Bundesbank, yeah. Welcome to Deutsche Bundesbank. How may I help you? Mm, it's willkommen. Willkommen auf dem Deutsche So anyway, Bundesbank. this translated Vielen to about 54,000 sol- solid gold bars worth nearly $31 billion. Germany's got bars, danger. Okay. Although Germany wanted the gold returned within five years' time, the U.S. asked for a 2020 deadline. We were like... Let's see what happens with Trump first. Then we'll talk about whether you can have your gold back. He might just tell us we can keep it. <laughs> but instead, uh, so this obviously people were suspicious. They were like, hey, that, uh, why, why, are you, why are you wanting to wait? Do you not have the gold? Do you not have the gold that you say you have? Maybe you like gold. I don't know. Like my friend loaned me an N64, like cruising USA on N64 when well, I was a well, kid. Well, think about it like this. Think about... You as a person, yes. Think about you go to the bank, yep, and you have a very large check, and a lot of times the bank will put a hold on a really large check. Super annoying. Happened and to me a few you're weeks expecting ago. a ten day hold, and then no, no, no. They tell you seven days, but they don't tell you seven business days. They so when you do. go back, they do. When they you go back pretty, on Monday, pretty clear, which is seven days, days. They're like, oh, we met seven business days. You're going to have to wait over Maybe the weekend. Maybe they just assumed you know it's business days. Were you hoping to go in on a Sunday? No, I, I what, went where in do on you a bank. They said seven days, bro. bro. But okay, so imagine hmm. you go in and you're like, I have this big check and I need it right now. I know there's a 10-day hold. That's fine. And they're like, give us 30 days. You'd be like, why? Do you, why? Why do I have to wait 30 days? Do you not have my money? Why am I waiting? Or they're enjoying profiting off of Well, either way, that would be suspicious, correct? Sure. Yeah. So when Germany comes to the United States and says, hey, we want our gold back, and we'd like it back within five years, and we go, give us seven? Maybe? Naturally, people were like, Why? Well, I mean, if it's if it's on a five year timeline, and they're like, hey, maybe you stretch that out a little bit more. Like, I would I would find it way weirder if they're like, can we get this back in five years? And they're like, hey, can we do twenty? Like, that seems a larger, stranger scale than than like an extra two. I guess, but it's to, okay. You're also, right. you're bro, right. I don't move a lot of gold around. I don't know how heavy it is when you're moving it in tons or well, that was that was one of the other things is people thought it was so much gold that we wouldn't even be able to move it in seven years. So we were like, well, what's that about? Like, you can't move that much gold in that much time. Like, this is either way. People found it suspicious, but we ended up getting it to them in three years. All right, under promise, over deliver. I, I learned just, that selling furniture, pal. I actually have a similar theory with uh, some wedding photography things that I do. Like, hey, uh, I can get you... I that can get sounded you, ominous. I can get you your photos back. Give me, like, at least a week. It's going to take a little little while longer, you know, because I might have some things crop up. You know, just give me at least a week. And then I get them there. Someone photos. slides a bridesmaid's name on paper across <laughs> to you. Well, Pictures no. of this one. 
Well, then I get them the photos back within three to four days. And they're like, I thought this would take a week. What a miracle. What a fantastic... Thank you. And then I get a better review on Yelp. Cool. Yeah. So It's relevant. And so here's the thing. Uh, Germany, between 2000 and 2001, they'd retrieved 940 tons from the Bank of England in order to cut back on storage costs. So it's a thing that we should have been able to do in less than seven years so that we the fact that we asked for seven years raised some eyebrows but the the u.s managed to return the 300 tons to germany by 2016 four years ahead of schedule thanks trump Mm, 2016 how do you know it wasn't november because he wouldn't have been inaugurated how do you know he didn't bring it with january to the white house because he doesn't have any he gave it to France. No, he put. Oh any man, gold why aren't you following any this? Any gold this that he out had, of, it, out of it's control. Like up in the, it's up in his stupid apartment building, like in that apartment that he took all those photos for Salon in. You think he has five hundred and forty tons of gold? In his no, I don't. Building? I think he, I think he had some, and then he was like, "I'm going to build the brand out of this," and then that's it. So Jim Rickards, who spells his name wrong, uh, what's he, the right way to spell it? Richards. Oh, continue. He is an attorney and author of several finance books. He said in an interview with Kitco News that we probably made the transfer quicker because of political reasons. Since uh, 2013 and 2017 were both election years in Germany, he believes that Angela Merkel arranged for the repatriation to be completed early in order to appease a small nationalist party that was pushing for the gold's return. That Yay! never goes wrong, appeasing the nationalists. No, that's fine. There are still 1,236 tons of gold in New York, about 37% of Germany's reserves, and 432 tons at the Bank of England in London. Germany has no plans to repatriate the remaining gold anytime soon, which means we get to keep it. We can't do anything with it. Sell that shit. Where? To whom? Fucking cash for gold, dude. I just sent them a gold filling, and they sent me a check for $18. You think we can't package up a couple bars? So Germany has no plans to repatriate the gold anytime soon. Got it. Sputnik News, which is run by a Russian government-controlled news agency, (laughs) quoted Valentin Katasanov, a professor at the International Finance Department at the Moscow State Institute of International Relations, the old Ms. Ear, as saying... Hey, wait, I got, I got this. I, got, I can do a pretty decent Russian accent. There are a lot of signs that gold was not physically presented to New York vaults when Germany called it back. Of course, U.S. began to return it to Germany, but there's one interesting detail. When you leave your suitcase in the luggage storage, you expect to get back same suitcase. But Germany took wrong suitcase. That does. I, that is the most Russian fucking quote of all time. Give me borscht. That sounds like something somewhat like that. Sounds like a line of dialogue from an episode of The Americans. <laughs> yep, swapping the suitcases. A lot. A lot of big swaps happen with uh, with suitcases. That's how you. And do then, it. like, you know, you put the hat and your coat on the suitcase, and then it's like, oh, swaparoodles. Whoops. Yep. Yep. Now, it's, now, now, the Kremlin have the codes. But like. As long as it's still got the gold in it. Okay. I don't give a fuck. I mean, how can they substantiate uh, a lot of signs that the gold was not physically presented? Is there are They have no rationale or backing for this theory. All right, so they're just throwing it out there like, hey, wh- what if? I know you that's know? unprecedented for Russian news to do. <laughs> what but... was it? The, the baseball team that was at the Brewers where their slogan is like, what if? Cleveland Indians. Is it Cleveland? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. What if we got beat by the Cubs in the World Series? <laughs> so let's talk about, I believe this is the last conspiracy related to Fort Knox, and it's put forth by a guy named Kuz Jansen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Hold Coons. on. Let's be respectful here. He is a proud Swedish woman, I assume. His name. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that's a real uncouth Real uncouth kind of term for for uh, the good Jansen, Dutch man. I'm just saying that that's a real bad it's a real bad word where I'm where I'm from. Coos? Yeah, it's like on like a um, like a, uh, one of those NYPD type shows where they're invested Law and Order. They're like, well, they can't they can't say some of the worst 
words for a woman, some some real derogatory terms that you can't say on television. Say, Ice oh, T yeah? calling women coos. Yeah, she was a real coos. Like that's a. It's like uh, okay, so that's broad- not a real thing. Can we can we go on? Sure, great. So Coos Jansen, he's a writer for Bullion Star, <laughs> which bills itself as Singapore's premier bullion dealer. Yep. There are, premier. There are a lot of uh, JV League bullion dealers in Singapore. Don't you go there. He's written several articles questioning whether Fort Knox's gold is still there, including analyzing the annual audit reports he was able to get his hands on. We... I like that. The audits are conducted by the Department of the Treasury's Office of Inspector General. In 2011, Inspector General Eric M. Thorson told the House Financial Services Committee that by 2008... 100% of government-owned gold had been inventoried, audited, and placed under, quote, official joint seal. 100% of zeros? What? 420 stay high all day, y'all. Oh. An official oh, joint seal is a pre-numbered document that includes wax seals and tamper-proof cloth tape. The document includes detailed information about the gold bars within the compartment and is signed by those present at the audit. So when we watched that video of her leading that delegation through Fort Knox, I believe that's what she opened to get into they were that auditing. vault. Well, they weren't auditing. That form that they, that I just mentioned oh, the seal was and hanging the on Got the it. front of the door. That's when she was like, we have to be very careful with this document. Got it. And then that's when I bet a bunch of people snatched gold, and then they didn't update the audit. It's the only opportunity you might have. So the annual audits now mostly involve making sure the seals have not been tampered with and assaying random samples of the gold. During the 2010 fiscal year, the U.S. Mint replaced all previously placed seals with new seals that can only be removed by two cuts with a strong cable cutter, motherfucker. In 2015, Jansen contacted both the Treasury Department and the National Archives to obtain copies of the audit reports from 1974 to 1986 when the majority of the gold was audited. Neither the Treasury nor the archives were able to produce the audits for seven of those years, claiming they weren't able to find them. That seems like a big detail. Seven years? Seven years worth of audits for all the gold in America. And all the gold in, in specifically Fort Knox? Yeah, and we're like, you know, fucking filing and computers and the internet. Those punch card things from the 70s? Google and, like, Friendster, man, and I don't know. We just lost it. Okay. So that does seem weird. Right? Right. Sure. So in 2016, Jansen filed freedom of information requests for the audits carried out between 1993 and 2008 when the remaining gold was reportedly audited. Audited. The U.S. Mint initially requested $3,144.96 to to fulfill the request based on the time and labor involved to find and duplicate 1,200 pages. It's a lot of work. uh, It's a lot of work, but it's not... Like, if you came to me and said, here, I have a stack of 1,200 pages, I will give you $3,400 to copy them all. Well, no, first, you got to find the pages... I'm still out of a in. larger stack of I'm pages. I'm still in. I'll do it you for put those pages into an order. And then you got to get a sticky note put on, say, like, right, this page came from this specific I'm still in. block. It's a month's work. I'm fine. All right. So he crowdsourced the money. And <laughs> because of course in. he did. Well, why the fuck wouldn't you? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're bothered that this guy is questioning where this gold is. Eh. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Just, okay. just, just want to see where that's going. My God. On December 23rd, 2016, the Mint finally delivered Jansen with 223 redacted pages that contained 68 pages of reports I didn't ask for and 21 pages that were copied twice. Effectively, I got 134 pages related to my Freedom of Information Act request. Hmm. The Mint ultimately decided not to cash the check. <laughs> so does that, does that part seem weird? That they would a little, redact uh, well, they that clearly they clearly it. did such a a piss poor job getting him his information that they're like, yeah, you know what, this one's on the house, chicken. But did they do a shitty job, or did they just not really give him the information he was asking for? Because mm-hmm. if it's that, if it's twelve hundred pages and you end up getting one hundred thirty four, what's in those other thousand plus pages that we're not supposed to know about? I don't know. 
Nixon tapes? Why would the Nixon tapes be there? I don't know. They had to go somewhere. Freedom of FBI vault.gov is a fascinating website for anyone FBI vault.gov for anyone who's too skeptical to believe conspiracy theories ever happen it is a database of FBI files related to pretty much any free huh. what this guy requested i guarantee you is on FBI vault.gov oh all right there are hundreds of pages about elvis i'm an elvis truther man i think elvis faked his death and joined the witness protection program but only because there are FBI documents that kind of hint at Elvis joining the witness protection program and faking his death. So who knows? I, th- I do think that's suspicious. I, think it, I always think it's weird when the government's like, okay, we'll tell you, but we're going to... Kind of, yeah. Well, like 9-11. For a long time, there was a conspiracy theory that a Saudi intelligence agent had a role in prepping the hijackers for 9-11. And because Saudi Arabia is our ally Mm -hmm. for years and years and years, we were like, no, that's just crazy conspiracy theorist talk. And then someone was like, all right, Freedom of Information Act request. Let me see that report. And that came out, and there were still a bunch of pages redacted. And we were like, I bet that's the Saudi Arabia stuff. And then they finally declassified those pages. Guess what was in it? Saudi Arabia stuff. Stuff about a Saudi intelligence agent helping with 9-11. So those pages aren't redacted for nothing. Right. It's not like they kept their kids' fucking school colorings from him. They're fucking hiding something in those redacted pages. So that's, I mean, it's worth thinking about, if nothing else. So what he found after reviewing the documents, during the 96 audit, one sealed compartment was opened for inspection, but no obvious reason was given. Theoretically, if the seal was deemed intact, there would be no reason to open the compartment. And if there was a reason, it was not mentioned in the report. The sample size of weighed and tested gold had gone down dramatically since the 1950s. During the Fort Knox audit, about 10% of the gold bars were weighed in 2000, only 0.65% of the bars were weighed. And this could just be because they didn't use the seal method back then. Like the verification thing? Yeah. Okay. In another instance, the scale was set to standard ounces, even though precious metals are weighed in <laughs> troy ounces. That's weird. Why would that scale ever be set to anything but troy ounces? I, I don't know. Maybe somebody hit the wrong button. I had to ask what a troy ounce was earlier. Yeah, and another time the auditors misread where the decimal point was on the scale, but that's probably just human error. So there's not, like, a conclusion you can draw from this, but it is strange. Like, this guy's Freedom of Information Act request being that heavily redacted, Mm -hmm. them losing the audit reports for seven fucking years? That's pretty weird. It's, It's very weird, and it's frustrating because it's one of those things where we're never gonna know the answer for sure like you could be like no no the gold's there how do you know until you get a tour we're not when are we gonna get a tour i don't know maybe they could set up a lottery and then seven like like we could do like a willy wonka type situation where seven lucky uh uh you know alex jones conspiracy shitheads get to tour uh the the fort knox and then one by one long time to spit out the plot of charlie and the chocolate factory just now but i mean they all learn lessons and then the one at the end is like he gets everything so what do you think is the gold still there i think that uh there's there's gold there i don't know if it's a hundred percent of the gold that was in there when it was first set up might be more might be less i hope it's all gone i hope it's just empty rooms i hope those are condos now I hope Those Ted Turner pr- has a condo in Fort Knox. Oh, in yeah. The bunker. You think that's where Tupac wound up? No, Tupac went to Argentina just like Elvis. Yeah. Everybody winds up in Argentina. Well, here's the thing. In the Elvis FBI documents, the part that's redacted, it's redacted on foreign policy grounds. Huh. Okay. Weird, right? Yeah, sure. What would a foreign government have to do with Elvis? I don't know. Hmm. Keep, keeping it, Keeping it real. K-I-R. Taking care of business. So that's the Fort Knox conspiracy. It's a it's a one that, I mean, it's hard to come to a conclusion. 
I wouldn't if, if be all the so- gold is gone and it's de- and it's demonstrated to be gone, then like then you know there's a huge hit to our economy, right? Yeah. So like who who really loses in that case? Uh, the, the like what j- Jillian? But if the gold is gone and they can successfully lie about it still being there, then our economy doesn't take that same hit. Sure. But uh, so who knows? I mean. Uh, vast amounts of money in general, like just need to go, just, just all need to go. You start. Let's let's get, let's bring back the barter system. I got I got a I got a donkey. I got a mule. I will trade for for four hats. And uh, I feel like uh, a lot of people don't really want to live in the world they're pushing for <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's fair. Like I I don't know. Yeah, like I like my bicycle, but I also like my car. All right, so. That's that's the gold at Fort Knox conspiracy. I'm getting tired. Jeez. This is a free episode, so don't forget you can subscribe yeah. on patreon.com slash unpops. Get two bonus episodes of this podcast every month, two bonus episodes of What in the World, a bonus what episode of Unpops, all kinds of extra shit, a bonus episode of Pretty Scary, all shit. Pretty Scary Boo. All stuff that you can't hear if you don't subscribe, and it's all deadly, baby. Subscribe to all of it. In the comedy sense, deadly. Also, like, come see killed. me on tour with Chet Wild this what? month, uh, May sixteenth through the twentieth. All the tickets are on sale at unpops.com/tour. T O U R. Oh, that's how tour. you spell it. Tour. Danger. What do you got? Uh, let's go. I mean, uh, big thing right now. We are crowdfunding for. Our Glendale rent control ballot measure. Please go to bit.ly slash rent control Glendale, all lowercase. Type that bad boy in. Give us your money. We're up against the Apartment Owners Association who who spend, you know, tens of that hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars trying to protect uh, their, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I did a panel. I did an ACLU forum on rent control the other day, and someone just went there just so they could shout North Korea at me again and again and again. It was real annoying. I told you I was in the neighborhood. I didn't have anything else to do. You could have at least, like, varied it a little bit and thrown in some Venezuela or some Cuba or, or what is this? I was feeling North Korea that day. Oh, my God, you're so annoying. Either way, uh... Glendale Tenants Union has launched our crowdfunding campaign to get rent control on the ballot. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> these are exciting times Jim because Jong Un. Uh, yeah, say look, Ben Carson wants to triple uh, rent for people on uh, assist like housing assistance uh, because he's be, because it will encourage them quote unquote uh, to be self sufficient. These are people who need help, like. In my activism, I've run into people who've gotten thousand dollar a month rent increases, and they get and they, and they can't pay. They have to for, they're forced to move out. Like this is happening. This is happening everywhere. Our communities are bleeding out because no one seems to care about the existing communities. As long as people like, if, if there's money involved, they're like, well, what does it matter? I'm just saying, please, please give to our crowdfunding campaign. Find your local tenants union, help them out. Like your community needs you. And also, listen to countless assassins. They're really good. Also, I'm going to plug my baby, which is due in September. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yep. Danger. Say goodbye like the golden Fort Knox. <laughs> Can't because it was never there. Exactly. I mean, it was. We saw. So you're running out. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.